Should Ohio State be the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference in 2023? Before you say yes, and before you say no, let's objectively tackle this topic together during today's episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Buckeyes fans, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's episode, we will have my crossover with Alex Clancy of Locked One Cardinals. I was recently on that show discussing the Cardinals drafting, the Arizona Cardinals drafting Paris Johnson Jr. and why Luke Whipler fell in the draft. But before we get to any of that, there's a thought out there by some people that because Michigan beat Ohio State in back-to-back seasons, and because they have won back-to-back Big Ten Conference championships, that Michigan should be the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference in 2023. There are also some people out there that Penn State should be the favorite to win. The conference have a new quarterback, Andrew Aller, Sean Clifford's gone. You get a quarterback that many people believe will be better than Sean Clifford was for the Nittany Lions. And there's a belief that some people say, hey, Penn State should be the favorite to be the leader to win the Big Ten Conference. And then there's Ohio State. Like I literally have heard people say, and I think there's a poll out there as well, that has Ohio State third in a ranking with these two schools. Something seems odd, but let's not jump too deep into it and say, oh, Ohio State's automatically going to be the favorite. Have you looked at Ohio State's roster? You probably have. Have you seen the quarterback situation? You probably have. Have you seen the defensive changes and alterations? You probably have. Do you think that's enough for Ohio State to be the favorite at this point in time to be the favorite to win the conference? I don't know. Like, I'm not going to come on here and be like, Ohio State's going to win it, going to win the conference, going to be Michigan, going with the Natty, going to check off the boxes, going to accomplish all three of their goals. Buddy, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I have no idea. I know that there are thoughts and questions about Ryan Day that even I have. We'll tackle those over the next few weeks. There are thoughts and questions I have about Ohio State's starting quarterback over the next few, uh, over the next season. We'll tackle those over the next few weeks. I got questions about the running backs a little bit but not as many about the quarterback receivers. I'm basically fine. Tight end, comfortable. Offensive lineman, still working to see who's going to be the unit to start and starting five for the Buckeyes. Defense, they got questions too. And I think the questions that I have about the Ohio State team, they make me kind of pause before I say Ohio State is the favorite. They should be the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference. Michigan's been coming for a while. I can't stand saying nice things about them, but I got to be real and realistic with you. They've been coming. They, I don't know if they'll win three in a row, either against Ohio State or the Big Ten uh, championship game. I don't know if they'll win three in a row, but to say that they won't be there, to say that Ryan Day has done enough and there's a big enough of belief and the roster is enough to where Ohio State should be better than them and beat them and the favorite to win the conference, I don't know. Let's. Keep this in mind as well. 
we follow Michigan closer than we follow Penn State. Well, I think that's an easy statement to make as Ohio State fans. Michigan's schedule is weak. Google it. Hopefully not while you're driving or if you're in the middle of a meeting. Don't do that. But Google it at some point in time. Look at their schedule. Buddy, that thing is weak. W caps. No, 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 no. Let's, let's revamp that thing. Capital W E A K week. I know some of y'all are out here saying, I'm about to go on Jay's head. If he misspells his four letter word, he didn't do it. It's weak, man. And I just recently had a Michigan fan on the Jay Stevens podcast, and they do some podcasts together of their own, Miss Lexi Wester. And she even admitted, Michigan's schedule is weak. They know they have the opportunity to capitalize on a weak schedule. Once again, they had one in 2022. They had one in 2023. But Ohio State has a good opportunity. I'm not going to be here saying that Ohio State is not going to have a chance to do something special in the upcoming season. But what I will say is this. Ohio State has a chance to be really, really, really special in the upcoming season have a chance to be I can't say that without realizing these questions at quarterback questions that with the running back health not the talent in the room but the health of the players in said room there's questions on the O-line there's questions on the defensive line but they're not as drastic as I thought they were prior to spring practice there aren't really questions at linebacker only question I might have is will they consistently play the best guys at linebacker on the team that's my question DBs, there's questions, but not as many. I think there's questions across the board, but that doesn't mean that Ohio State won't be able to win the conference and that Ohio State should not be a team, uh, should be a team that people just overlook and say, ah, no, they won't do it. I think it should be in the conversation. The favorite at this point in time on Cinco de Mayo, I don't know. Oh, if, if, if it's a tie, if you want to say it's a three-headed race, I'll say maybe it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State's a close third. Uh, or, yeah, because you can't really have a, a, a three schools and, and two rankings. No, you can't do that. Maybe a close third, you have Ohio State, Michigan tied. I'd be comfortable. I mean, no, excuse me. Penn State third and Ohio State, Michigan tied. I'd be more comfortable making that statement because it feels right. It doesn't all, it, it's also believable. It doesn't feel right saying Ohio State shouldn't be the favorite, but also it's May 5th. It's a lot of time between now and then. I believe Ohio State will be good this upcoming season. I believe that they have the talent to be good. I believe the coaching staff, and I do believe Ryan Day making the change to not call the plays or potentially to not call the plays in the upcoming season is the right move for the team to be as successful as it can be in 2023. At the same time, how does that impact the defense? That's more time he's that's more time he's spending with the defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, with the uh GA. And I don't mean to talk about grad assistants um at Ohio State on this show. James Lornitis in the normal grad assistant that's at Ohio State. What about Larry Johnson? What about Perry Eliano? What about Tim Walton? What about uh Parker Fleming? Special teams. What about all these guys? Ryan Day is going to be more of an overseer, and I love that. It's a great move for him. It's a great move for the team. But should they be the favorite right now to win the conference in 2023? Buddy, I got to say no. At the same time, though, 
me saying no is me right now in the month of May, beginning of the month of May. How can they be the favorite? How can they win the conference in the fall? We'll go over that next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut, excuse me, and cookies and cream. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hedge flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen every day. Locked on Buckeyes is a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're not a part of the Everydayer Club, join the club. It's a fun club to be a part of because around here at Locked on Buckeyes, over the next few weeks, we'll discuss the offensive and defensive depth charts and predict what I think will be those, um, the ones and the twos in each group. Got another crossover coming your way, talking about Zach Harrison being drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. That comes up during next week. We'll also have you locked in, tuned in, ready to go during the month of June, which is a busy month of recruiting. Join the Everydayer Club and enjoy Locked on Buckeyes every Monday through Friday, five days a week. Now, I know some of you might be saying, how in the world can you come on here and say Ohio State should not be the favorite to win the conference in 2023? I think that's a lot of fans out there. They'll make that statement. I understand what the talent tells me. I understand the roster at Ohio State. I understand how the talent that is at Ohio State is some of the best talent compiled on the college football team in the entire country. I am not going to shy away from making that statement. I understand those things. But also keep in mind, you got a new quarterback. You got running backs that have been banged up. Your top two running backs were banged up all year, all the entire time a year ago. You got receivers. that are elite. But how consistently and how well will Kyle McCord make the move to throw the ball consistently and be the good quarterback that can win game after game after game after game after game. What about the defense? Now, you got Ty Hamilton, Tyreek Williams, Michael Hall Jr., which I believe are the three best D-tackles from a year ago, and I do believe that this year they'll make some noise, but they got to be consistent. Defensive end, Tui Malowal, Sawyer, Curry, Kenyatta Jackson Jr. Is that the four-headed monster? We got to wait and see, but we need consistently consistency from those guys. I ain't really worried about linebacker, which is weird to say. Steel Chambers, I believe, is going to blow up. I mean, blow up. 
during this season. I might be higher on Steel Chambers. I know I'm higher on him being a, as a pro prospect than I am with Tommy Eikenberg. We'll get more on that later in the summer with my guy Ryan Roberts of Rides and Draft Scouting when we do our preseason look at draft eligible players and what kind of pro prospects they are at that point in time. Defensive backs, once again, I got some, I got some questions. I got some questions, man. But how can Ohio State be the favorite to win the conference? Especially at the beginning of the season after the first month of the year? Come out and bust some heads. Come out, wreak havoc. Come out and make your opponent afraid to play you after they get hit by you two, three, four times. Oh, man, that fifth time you come in to tackle that running back, he kind of backpedals a little bit, goes sideways a little bit, tries to avoid you, tries to give you a stiff arm, but it's a weak one, and you run right through it. You're going to have to come in and bust some heads and play Buckeye football. You're going to have to do that consistently because my mind is still here, man. If you want me to predict who's going to win the Big Ten Conference, is it Ohio State or the field? I can't tell you that Ohio State's going to win the conference this year. If you want me to say that Ohio State's going to win the national championship, this year, Ohio State or four other schools, I can't tell you Ohio State's going to do that this year because they got questions, man. A lot of it is because we don't know what is going to happen with the quarterback position at Ohio State. I know that they're talented, but sometimes guys that are talented aren't able to translate that to the next level, to the football field on Saturday afternoons. Maybe the lights might be too bright. Maybe the stadium might be too big. Maybe this. Pressure is on them so much that they burst. Whatever it is, I cannot definitively come up here and tell you Buckeyes will win the conference, Buckeyes will win the natty, Buckeyes will make the playoff. I can't say that right now. I cannot. What I can tell you, though, is if the Ohio State does what they consistently do under Ryan Day, start off well. Now, granted, they had the loss against Oregon. I believe that was in 2021. Almost had a loss against uh, Minnesota um, 2021. I mean, it could have really been close to starting the season 0-2. And we would look at Stroud's beginning of his career as, a, as, as an Ohio State quarterback a lot different than we already do. Didn't beat Michigan, didn't win the conference, didn't win the natty. I, I get all that. Rose Bowl champ, I still think that's a prestigious honor to have. But buddy, imagine Stroud starting his career 0-2. We would have been looking at that Akron game a whole lot different than we were at that time when Strauss set and Kyle McCord got his first start for the Ohio State Buckeyes in his college football career. I can't say that, man. I can't say Buckeyes definitively, definitively are going to win. I cannot. But what I do hope we get, if we get Ryan Day in the Ryan Day state of mind that he was in at the NFL draft, he was, I believe, was NFL Network. It was either NFL Network or the ESPN. I was not watching any other channel at that point in time. And if we get Ryan Day to come on and show the passion he has for his players uh, and show the passion and to stick up for his guys and to do the due diligence that he had in that moment to investigate the S2 test that people were using to throw shade and slander and darts at C.J. Stroud's name and to come out and say, well, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Only 15 teams use this test. And some people say, well, the scores aren't really valid because different people look at different things and really just kind of break that thing down and say, oh, no, no, y'all going to come at my guy? Here's what I got. I got passion. I got heart. I got a belief in my guy. And I'm going to stand up for him no matter what. 
If we get that passion from Ryan Day, and we get the passion and the style of coaching we got from Ryan Day in the Peach Bowl against Georgia, if you get that every Saturday in, in the fall, I would have no problem, no problem saying Ohio State should be the favorite. We haven't gotten that consistently from Ryan Day during a football season at all. He's been Ohio State's coach, what, four years? 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 19, 20, 25. Yeah, yeah. Five years, just to be his fifth year. I was like, wait, hold on. That didn't make sense. It did. It was just still baffles me. He's been here for five years. Urban's been away for five years. Like, let that sink in for you. This is fully Ryan Day's team, his roster, his players, the guys he's recruited. This is fully him. We're kind of seeing a Ryan Day path as he's leading Ohio State football. But the hope, we get the Ryan Day that we got during the Peach Bowl. We get that passion. We get that style of coaching. We get him locked in, tuned in, fired up for every second the team is on the field. Will you get that? The question lies really at the quarterback. I think the defense will be fine. I was worried about the defense for a little bit. I think the defense will be fine. Really, the question is O-line and quarterback. You get those two things fine, I think the rest of the team is, will be A-OK with the way they're currently constructed, with the way that Ryan Day has built this thing for 2023. They can fix it. Buckeyes can be the favorite, but ultimately can't be the favorite in the offseason because there's too many concerns and questions about the roster and Ryan Day going into the upcoming college football season. Coming up next is my conversation with Alex Clancy. When I was on Locked on Cardinals, talking about the Cardinals drafting Parrish Johnson Jr. and why Luke Whippler fell in the draft. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. Really excited to get this dude in here. Jay Stevens, Locked on Ohio State, a dude that knows a lot more about Paris Johnson and Buckeye Nation than I do. Dude, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Alex, glad to be here. Glad to be joining you. And uh, Paris Johnson Jr. is one of my favorite Buckeyes that got drafted this year. And so I'm really happy you went to the Arizona Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray, and now Kyler has a guy that can block for him. Yeah, you know, the interesting part about this is with Ohio State is it's become wide receiver U. Mm -hmm. It's become, I mean, it was Justin Fields rolling out with C.J. Stroud. And when you look at the offensive line, you know, Paris Johnson's a big boy. Yeah. Seems to be it. Like from what I've heard so far and what I've watched, interviews, things like that, you critique what I think of him from afar. Um, good kid, good locker room kid, good head on his shoulders. Um, just a normal dude who plays football and who's really big and somebody who is going to be an integral part on the field and off the field, not only for performance on the field, but the locker room off the field. You're spot on. You're, you're spot on with that analysis there and your assessment of him. Um, it's a good locker room guy. I could probably say he's a great locker room guy, a leader in his position room, a leader on the offense, leader on the team. No matter what it is, you're looking at a guy that can be a leader for you and you add in him being a really good football player, be the sixth overall pick in this year's NFL draft, just goes into being a guy that is worthy and deserves to be picked really high. And I love the excitement. I love the um, way he celebrated, the emotion that he that he had when I think he said, yo, let's go, when he got drafted six overall. Yeah, he got, yeah, he got the phone call. But still, hearing your name called over those speakers – that means something to all of these players, Paris Johnson Jr. being one of them. But, oh, dude, you're spot on. And, uh, honestly, the more the, the deeper you dive into Johnson Jr., the player, 
I mean, excuse me, the person, not the player. You're going to like him more as a person, which make you like him more as a player. Yeah, and the cool part about this, Jay Stevens logged on OSU, joining me. Ohio State, I can't say OSU. That feels like Oregon State to me. Oh, I don't man. think, yeah, West Coast especially guy. with without the V, I'm not going to do the V. You can't. I'm not going to do it's the okay. V. I refuse to do the, the damn V here in front of Ohio State. You don't have to do it. The article is unnecessary. Except we're not going to do this. We only have 10 minutes. So <laughs> with so the Cardinals, coming from DJ Humphreys, drafted in 2015, the last offensive lineman Steve Kime took in the first two rounds of a draft. In you know, and and that was a point of contention for a long time. DJ Humphreys, great locker room guy, great interview, swears too much. We make jokes about it, like he's a good dude on the left side. And what we saw last year with the Cardinals was they punted on drafting a guy like Tyler Linderbaum in you know instead, and then they ended up trading for Hollywood Brown because Ronnie Hudson was on the roster. Monty Osford wasn't going to make that mistake. So just because DJ Humphreys is here and he solidified himself as the left tackle with no guaranteed money after this season, that could quickly change. Now, with Paris Johnson, what is his flexibility as it pertains to positions on the offensive line that he may be able to stop gap for until that left tackle position is open, if not this season? So there's five positions on the offensive line. Not trying to be elementary, but I'm trying to go somewhere with this. Five positions, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. This young man can play four or five. Now, you say, Jay, he's 6'6", 315. Can he truly play four of five positions? Absolutely. I would not say that if he didn't excel at playing right guard for the Buckeyes in 2021 in a unit in an area where they had guys and they played four tackles at the offensive line. Wasn't ideal, but even Johnson Jr., him playing a different position than he's going to play in the National Football League for the bulk of his career, he played very well at that right guard position. And so I don't say that like, oh, I'm just hyping up a guy. No, he has literally done this right guard, left tackle. And he even said going into the start of the start of the 2021 season that he does not think it'll be a hard transition for him to go from left tackle to right guard. And on the show, I talked about the hand, the hand, literally hand placement, footwork, the shoulders, the every body, like kind of like breaking down the body and saying, it's a different stance. It's a different, uh, a lot of different things are different from guard to tackle, going from left side to right side as well. And he said he could do it and it won't be hard. He made it seem like it was a pretty easy, smooth transition for him. He wasn't perfect there, but it was a pretty mm-hmm. easy transition. So logistically and re- realistically, four of five positions on the offensive line are where Parrish Johnson Jr. can play in the National Football League. And that's music to every single Arizona Cardinals fan's ears and mine because flexibility on the offensive line is something that's been severely lacking with Kevin Beecham getting older, even though he was re-signed this offseason, and the inability for the interior of the offensive line over the last handful of seasons to stay healthy, having somebody with flexibility to go along with uh, to go along with the, the offensive line when they drafted out of UCLA with flexibility there on the interior, that's something that's going to position the Arizona Cardinals for the success for the future because I've said since 2019 – if you don't protect Kyler Murray, ain't none of this going to work. And the ability for the Cardinals to trade back to 12, get a bug up their rear and go up and get their guy instead of waiting where he definitely would have been gone by 12 at that point. If Philly didn't take him, then Chicago would have. You know, the Cardinals are sitting here with potentially a top two or top three pick if it were any other draft. And you can't help but be happy about that. Now, I need to ask about this because there was another name of an offensive lineman that went to Ohio State University that was not drafted by the Cardinals, that was looked at a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, 
ended up going late to Cleveland. Max Whipler, what? Where is the deal with him slipping after getting a third round grade? Like I thought the Cardinals were going to go potentially offensive line, and then Max Whipler in the third round was the target, and then he ended up definitely not being as they went multiple different position groups uh, before him, and obviously ended up not drafting him at all. Luke Whipler, not Luke Max. Whipler. Luke Whipler. It's all right. What it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of names in there. A lot of names. Yeah, but um, honestly, I, I don't think he should have came out of school. And I went on locked on this oh. week. The Buckeyes and um discussed it. I think he should have stayed in school. Um, I understand he got a third round grade, but it was one thing where I thought he would get drafted before Stetson Bennett. Which don't get me wrong, like I I understand quarterback value is higher than a center value in mm-hmm. any draft. I understand that, but I still thought he would get drafted higher. But Stetson Bennett going in the fourth round kind of made me see like, oh, what kind of advice did this young man get before entering his name to the NFL draft? Because I, if you're a center to me, you better be hands down top five center in that draft. If you are, um, if you have more years to play in college, you better be top five, probably top three. Because if you're not, you should probably stay in school because the value you bring to a team is not the same as a Paris Johnson Jr. at left tackle, maybe a guard position, or a Stroud at a quarterback, or um, Harrison right. Jr. next year at receiver. Just name me some positions out there. You're literally like, well, I'm kind of not. My my importance on the football field is great, but the value in the draft is not the same. So I think he literally fell kind of because 26 consecutive starts, people are like, we just want to see more. want to see more consistency. You're good, but are you – um, better? Are you really good? Are you great? And I don't think people viewed him that way, which is why I think he should have stayed in school and why he fell. Now, I will say this. Seventh round was not what I thought at <laughs> all. So it's, I, I say all that to go through and say my thought process about him. I did not think seventh round pick for him. Um, also, it's kind of interesting. The Browns picked two Buckeyes, and then they ended up getting, I think, two or three guys as undrafted free agents. That was like, okay, cool, like Northeast Ohio connection, great, but um, that also was an alarming, uh, eye-opening thing to me. But no, I didn't think he was slipped in the seventh round. Maybe slip a little bit, maybe fourth, fifth, seventh. That's a far fall. Sixth round. Sixth round for Luke Whipler, not the seventh. I knew shortly after I said that that I missed up, but – I love being able to connect with people from the Lockdown NFL family. Alex Clancy, I appreciate him having me on the show. And you never know, we might have more of Alex Clancy here, the Lockdown Cardinals show. If Paris Johnson Jr. does well, we'll try to get that Cardinals insight from Alex Clancy right here on Lockdown Buckeyes. We're out of here on a Friday. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens 317 at gmail.com. Got a lot of stuff coming up to you next week, especially my conversation with Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons about the Falcons drafting Zach Harrison and what he's going to be or possibly be at the next level. Cinco de Mayo. Go eat your tacos. Let's go enjoy this good weather. Out of here on a Friday. Hope everyone has a great day. I'll see you next time.